0: Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. We come to just encounter Him and see what He wants to do. Praise the Lord. We know a few things, of course. Uh, he, he sometimes gives us a few coming attractions. Praise the Lord. So uh, we know the nature of his business for sure, praise God, and his faithfulness to confirm his word with signs following, praise the Lord. And so we have been witness to, uh, well, just, just numbers and numbers of things that he done and uh, ministered to people and healed bodies and set people free. And, and uh, it's just way too late to tell me he doesn't do it. And uh, so we're a little relentless in preaching it. Praise God. Because the Bible said these signs will follow them that believe. They'll follow those that believe. And I've made it my business to believe him. I've made it my business to believe him. My passion to believe him. To remove all doubt and unbelief when it tries to pop up. Glory to God. Amen. If you were here this morning, you heard Kevin say how, how we went to this chiropractor, and she said, uh, you've got, uh, how do you manage stress? And I said, well, I, I kind of don't understand the question. I said I, I, don't, I said, I may surprise you. I said, I, I really don't do stress. And uh, I said, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. I you know I, I, I handle things differently than a lot of people do maybe that you run into. And uh, she said, oh, no, you've you've got stress. You wouldn't have this issue. I was having some tightness in my shoulder. She said, you wouldn't have this issue if you didn't have stress. And I said, well, then I'm going to have to have a talk with Jesus. Because what's more important to me is dealing with the stress than dealing with the pain of my shoulder. Because the stress is a heart issue. And if there's a heart issue, then that's what blocks things. That's what blocks sometimes just the flow of an easy easy flow of God is that there's something that you're doing that's just not trusting him. I want to eliminate things. I want to eliminate any unbelief. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm not saying he's withholding something. I'm saying I block myself. So stress is not acceptable to me. So I said, I'm going to have to have a little talk with Jesus before you can treat me. Because I got to get rid of that first or your treatment's not going to work. <laughs> in, my, in, in, in my, in me, that's the way I roll. <laughs> I got to take care of the important thing first. And so I did. I had a little talk with Jesus and I said, Jesus, I'm sorry if I've been carrying stress. I didn't realize I was. I'm a quiet person by nature. And uh, quiet doesn't mean stress free. Just because you're not talking about it doesn't mean you're not hanging on to it. And I had to admit to myself, well, maybe I had a little few things under the hood there that I just wasn't dealing with. Amen. We've got to be willing to take heed how and what we hear. Amen. Praise the Lord. Because what measure you meet the word, it'll be measured back to you. Praise the Lord. And so that was revealing something to me that I hadn't really paid attention to. But once I did, glory to God. I'm not, you know, I'm well, hallelujah, praise the Lord, and I'll be well all the days of my life, how about you, amen, praise the Lord, so uh, he tweaks us, amen, when we're willing to hear him, and to be, to remain teachable, praise the Lord, and open to him and open to his direction. Praise God. So uh, she also said, you know, you're not breathing right. And, I, and, I, and I, we joke about it because it's like I, I've, I've made it 61 years. <laughs> so apparently I'm doing something right. But, uh, you know, you can also in the word, you can be think you're doing something properly. And you kind of had your own way of doing something. And maybe there's still a better way. A more efficient way. You know. In 1 Corinthians, Paul is writing and he says, yet I show you a more excellent way. There's a more excellent way. Praise the Lord. And so uh, let's go for excellence. Amen? Praise the Lord. Let's just go for the best. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we're here for you. We're here for your best. We thank you for giving us your best. Oh, thank you, Lord. And we just, we just come, to our, come to you tonight humbly, humbly in your presence. We don't take it for granted that we know it all, we've heard it all, we've seen it all. But, Father, we thank you for revelation flowing to our hearts, to our minds, that we will grow up into the body of Christ that you have intended us to be. We thank you for the gifts and the callings. We thank you for Pastor Edwin and Angela, Pastor Greg, Pastor Amy and the staff at this church. Father we thank you for the gifts that you have placed right here. Hallelujah. But Father we also thank you that their influence doesn't stop in this county doesn't stop in this in this particular geographical area but Father we thank you for influence. We thank you for greater influence. We thank you, Father, for the things that have yet to be revealed, that shall be revealed. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And we thank you, Lord, that we will finish strong on the earth. Glory to God. Not one thing left undone that you've called us to do, but we will accomplish all, all. We will go all the way. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I'll just say quickly, there's a table in the back. We like to call it our impartation table. That's not just a product table. You can get products at the grocery store. (laughs) But we believe there's impartation there. Teaching, preaching, music available for you back there. Make yourself available if you haven't already received our our ministry materials. And so those are there for you. And that's about all I'll say about that. Praise the Lord. Let's jump in. I've got a a, a million different ways to go, but that's normal. So uh, praise God. Let me ask you first of all. Is there anyone here tonight that this is not your home church? You've come with someone or you're visiting tonight for first time, second time, fifth time, but this isn't your home church. Anybody here tonight? See, I'm not, I'm not going to make you stand up or embarrass you or anything. I just want to know who's here. Praise the Lord. Most of you then here, this is your, your home church, yes? yes? All right, praise the Lord. How many of you have come this evening on purpose for uh, healing to be ministered to your body? Lift your hand high so I can see it. I'm not seeing a ton of hands. All right. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. I I just need to know, we need to know which direction and how far to go. Praise the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. He is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Glory to God. And, uh, you know, Kevin said it this morning. I'll I'll relate to it. John's gospel, the 16th chapter, Jesus said, I still have many things to say to you. I still have many things to say. And he said it right before he left. (laughs) Aren't you glad he didn't say, oops, couldn't get it all out? There just wasn't time. But no, he said, no, but when the spirit of truth has come, everybody say the spirit of truth. When the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. Glory to God. He'll not speak of himself, but whatever he hears the Father speak, that will he speak, and he will show you things to come. Glory to God. Jesus always intended for us to have a relationship with the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. Amen? His entire ministry on the earth, uh, the whole first part of his ministry, all he did was introduce us to the Father. He continued to introduce, not me, it's the Father in me. It's the Father in me. It's my it's I'm doing my Father's work. He introduced us and pointed us to the Father. But right before he left, he said, there's something else coming. Now that you know me and the Father, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Now I'm about to introduce you to one just like me. I will not leave you as orphans. I will pray the father and he will send one just like me and he will finish what I've started. He will continue to speak to you. He will continue to have a relationship with you. He will. Amen. He, 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 not it. (laughs) Amen. Not just a book, but he will. He, everybody say he will. Glory to God. So Jesus, God, always intended for us to uh, have a continuous relationship with him. Hallelujah. All that ought to make somebody happy. Because, you know, religion always separates us from God. Religion always says God's way up here, and we're way down here, and you can never understand what he wants to do, never understand what he is doing. You just got to accept that whatever happens to you must have been God. But you can't ever really understand him. But Paul said in his writings in 1 Corinthians, he said this, I would like to tell you some more. I would like to tell you some deep things in God. Like Jesus said, I have so much to tell you, but you're not ready for it yet. But when the Holy Spirit comes, you'll be ready because the Holy Spirit will guide you into truth. The Holy Spirit will take of mine and give it to you. The Holy Spirit will communicate with you and and, and just continue to confirm all these things, amen? And then Paul said, now that you're filled with the Holy Spirit, I ought to be able to tell you all kinds of stuff. But he said, but you're acting like mere men, Apparently, we're not supposed to act like mere men. In other words, you're not breathing right. I thought I was doing okay. I'm still here. But apparently, now that you're a new creature in Christ, you're not supposed to act like a mere man. Now that you're filled with himself, Now that you're filled with him, we've just been shouting about it a minute ago, greater. Greater is he that's in me. Not just greater is the one I believe in. But greater is the one who is actually in me. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit, the Bible says. We are joined to the Lord. Why do we act like mere men? You know what? We got to get better at being spirits. We've got to get better at being spirits because we are recreated new creatures in Christ. We aren't just the same old human. We we didn't just add God into our existence. Amen. So many Christians are living on such a low level because they're just trying to add God into, add God on top of what they're already doing in the natural. I mean, it helps. Don't misunderstand me. But there's a a better way. There is a better way. He said, I'd like to talk to you as spiritual, but you're acting like Mere men, if there's fightings among you, quarrelings among you, and all this kind of just just petty things distracting you, how can we really talk about being who we really are in him? Do you remember when Jesus spoke with the woman at the well? One of my favorite portions of Scripture, I, I, I love it so, because Jesus came to the woman at the well of Samaria and, or she came to him, you know, they had an encounter. And it's not somebody who uh, deserved. Not somebody, you know, just in the normal. It was somebody completely out of the ordinary, outside the culture, outside all of the, the norms. And yet they had the, one of the deepest conversations. Because Jesus... Reached out to her in such a way with such compassion on her that she responded and said, Oh, you know God. God was revealed to her. So that it so sparked the very base question in her heart that she said, You must know God. Now I have a question. How can I connect with him? Now, we have the account in John's Gospel, the fourth chapter. She said, you know, uh, our fathers here, the Samaritans say we're supposed to worship here, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place. And so it's a, it's a technicality question in the sense of which way and which place is right to worship God. But her heart question was, how do I connect with God? Because you seem to know him. Can you show me how to get there? And Jesus said, yes, I can. He said this, it's not about here, it's not about in Jerusalem, it's about your heart. Because he said this, God is spirit. Everybody say, God is spirit. God is spirit. He is spirit. Jesus took on flesh, but he is spirit. God is spirit. And Jesus went on to say, and they that connect, they that communicate, those that worship him, communicate, connect, however you want to say it, those that can make a connection with him must do it this way, in spirit and in truth. Everybody say, in spirit and in truth. Spirit to spirit is what Jesus was saying. The time is coming, he said, and now is, when true worshipers will worship him in spirit and in truth. Not just in a place. Not just going through some motions. But something happening in your heart that actually connects with his heart. Now, when I say worship, don't think about what's happening up here at the beginning of the service. I'm not talking about music. I'm not talking about songs. I'm just talking about making a connection with him. Because that was her question. How do I connect with him? And Jesus said, in spirit and in truth. Every interaction with God is a heart interaction. It's not mental It's not physical. It's heart. It's heart. So when Paul said, I'd really like to tell you about some deeper things of God, I'd really like to tell you some more interactions with God, but you're acting like mere men. How do mere men act? How do mere men respond? How do mere men try to react with God and respond to God mentally? They even try to figure him out. Isn't that right? Because they mock people who believe him. When it doesn't follow the science, if you will. When it doesn't make intellectual sense. When it comes down to actually believing something they cannot see, they mock it. But that is the very foundation of our relationship with him. Blessed are those who do not see and yet believe. Because believing comes from the heart, not from the head. Amen. Hallelujah. But it's not hard to believe. It doesn't have to be a chore to believe. It doesn't have to be a labor to believe. I personally believe... that many Christians, the reason there are, there are times that it's, it seems difficult or they waver on some things is because they really don't know the difference between their head and their heart. They really have not identified the difference between their head and their heart. Now, we're, we're all connected at this point. I mean, we are body, soul, and spirit. Amen? Amen. We're, we, can't, we don't separate our spirit from our body. We're all connected at this point. On the earth, we're all, that's all part of us. And so you're going to deal with every part of you. Amen? The Bible didn't tell you to just don't use your mind. <laughs> don't think anymore. No, it said think on these things. Renew your mind. Do something with your mind so that, amen, so that, listen, it catches up to your spirit. So that it catches up to your spirit, I think sometimes if, if you if you give me give me a few moments to just kind of d- dig here a little bit, and then we're going to jump in, okay? I think sometimes because the Bible says this: faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. That word word there is rhema, the spoken, the living word of God. Uh, it's not the logos or just the written word only. It's by what He speaks. Hebrews 4th chapter, the 12th verse in the Amplified says the word that God speaks is full of power, is alive and full of power, making it active, energizing, operative, and effective. Love that. The word that God speaks. The Bible is God speaking to you. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so that we know that faith comes by God speaking to you, by you hearing God speak to you. Amen. Amen. But just because your ears are at the top of your body does not mean that gravity is what gets it to your spirit. Somehow, I think we've associated the ears being up here as it starts in your ears and eventually filters down into your spirit somewhere in here. And somehow, by gravity or by repetition... What we hear, listen to, eventually gets down into our spirit. But I like another translation of that, faith comes by hearing. Another translation says, faith is awakened by the message. And the message that awakens it is the preaching of Christ. I like that more than it comes by. I, I, I get it, but I like that it's wakes, it wakes up when it hears truth. Faith wakes up when it hears truth glory to God. So I think sometimes we've kind of thought that this, that our ears are the filter and somehow eventually it gets down into us. And so uh, the more we hear, the more eventually it'll get down in our spirit and then we'll believe. But I'll tell you something. You can believe in a second when your mind doesn't get it at all. You don't have to process All that you hear to believe. Amen. And the reason we renew our minds. Is not so that it gets into our spirit. It's so that your mind will catch up with your spirit. Because your spirit's alive to God. When you hear the voice of God. Your spirit, your faith wakes up. Because you're a spirit. and He's a spirit. Glory to God. You think that he, he limited, do you think that he would make you limited to your mind, making sure that your mind gets everything so, so you can eventually believe? you think he would design you for that? I don't think so. I, 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 I believe he designed us as spirit beings. Amen? To receive what he says. Glory to God. To, to just take it on the inside and go, I believe you. Why? Because I know you. Why would I question him if I know him? I'm going to switch over to that lapel. I mean, excuse me. Praise the Lord. I'm switching to this. This our equipment, not yours. Just so you know, something happened. Anyway, I heard it cutting out. I'm not, I, I'm not going to keep thinking about it. But God designed us as spirits to receive from him, to believe him. Amen? Glory to God. That's who you are. When you became a new creature in Christ, you, you became that, that very thing, a new creature. You didn't just add him into your old creature-ness. And so there's a new operating system. Amen? Now, now we all have you know mobile devices and things now that we're very accustomed to, and there's operating systems, and there's a little bit of a learning curve to, to get the operating system. And you know when they update things, you're like, why did you change that? I just got used to the old one, and now there's a new operating system, and now I've got to I got to get that too, right? And so you got to learn how it thinks, so you can think like it thinks. It's the truth. But that's what we need to do with Him. Not just go, well, what do I want to do? And then go, well, well, let me see if God has anything to say about it. But find out how He does things. Amen? And then do it. Glory to God. Hallelujah! Amen? So with that in mind, would you go with me to 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I believe we're going to get better at being spirits these days. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We've got to pay attention to the way he speaks. Amen. Have you ever... uh, uh, It's a little outdated now, but there's still some correlation here. Have you ever uh, went to uh, uh, actual the card section in a store and looked at birthday cards? I still do it. I know you can do it online and and all e-cards and stuff, but you know when you get a a card from somebody or you're giving a card to somebody, and you know how labor-intensive it is to read all the cards to find the right one? How many of you can relate? Why are you doing that? Because you got to find the voice. Because you can read something and go, that doesn't sound like me at all. They wouldn't believe this came from me if I sent it to them. Right? Doesn't sound like something I would say. You know, I mean, my husband and I, we've been married now 41 years. Hallelujah. And so we're a little weird. I mean, from the fact that, you know, if we buy each other a card, it's probably going to be funny. It's not likely to be, you know, (laughs) all the flowery stuff at this stage. We found a card one time that says, I love you more today than than I did yesterday. And you open it and said, yesterday you really got on my nerves. He's like, I could have written that, right? Came from me. And so you could be looking at cards and and go, no, 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 maybe hang on to that for a minute. See if something else sounds more like you or how you converse with the person you're sending it to. You pay attention to how it's said and the voice in your head. Can they hear that with, with your voice on it? Right? This is how we should be reading the word. With God's voice speaking to us. He really said this to me. Amen. He's really talking to me. Not just reading it like, oh, isn't that flowery and beautiful and well-intended? Doesn't sound like the way he talks to me. Well, it should. Believe it. Believe it. Amen? Because he still has so much to say. There's still so much here. I said to pastor in the office before we came out, I found myself saying a couple of months ago at a church we were at, a church that we have ministered at several times. And matter of fact, Brother Hagin used to minister there very quite often as well. And so they have great respect for Brother Hagin. And I found myself Saying in this church, I said, you know, when Brother Hagan died, all that revelation didn't die with him. Revelation didn't die with Brother Hagin. There's more to be had. Amen. Amen. I said, there's more revelation. You don't have to filter everything through what Brother Hagin said. <laughs> Wait, did he say that? Well, he didn't say that. Can we say that? Brother Hagan never said it. Well, did God say it? There's a way to say it to this generation. There's a way to say it to this people. Hallelujah. Same message. Amen. But better ways of saying it. There are things being discovered scientifically and other, I mean, things that, you know, have been here since God created them. And they're just now seeing them for the first time. Technology's gotten to a place where microscopes are better, telescopes are better how they see the, the micro things in the, in the universe are amazing what they can find, but they've always been here. They're not discovering anything new, but they are seeing it for the first time and beginning to understand it for the first time. They might think they're making new discoveries, but with God who has... The one who was and is and is to come, who calls the end from the beginning, who inhabits eternity, has created all these things. And so just like they're discovering things he has created, we're discovering even now things and ways of seeing what he sees so we can experience and not just live this life as mere men, But we can come up to the place that he has designed us to be, to live above, to live above what the world considers life. Because we're supposed to have life and life more abundantly, which includes healing and health, glory to God, even when things have been declared impossible. Even when things have been declared incurable, that just means men can't cure it. That only means it's limited by men doing anything about it. We're not limited to what man can do. Amen. Glory to God. So here in 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, we're just going to drop off a big nugget with you. Is that Okay. Hallelujah, I, I understand, Pastor, you're on a, 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 a faith um, series, or you're beginning a faith series again, or kind of in, the, in there, and then, of course, the holidays happened, and so uh, I tell you, uh, I know that you already know so much, but there's still more, <laughs> so take heed what you hear in these coming weeks. I said, take heed what you hear in these coming weeks because there's more for you. There's more life in him. There's, there's more ability in him. There's more for you to experience in him than you have yet experienced. He still wants to show you things to come. Amen. Hallelujah. So we're just going to drop off a nugget for you. Praise God! That as Pastor teaches in the next several weeks, uh, I believe uh, it'll just encourage you to uh, to grab some things. Praise the Lord. Amen. And uh, and just run with God this year. Amen. Praise the Lord. Second Corinthians the fourth chapter. Hallelujah. Paul said this. Therefore, since we have first verse, this ministry. And, Pastor Edmund, and I bought my fancy red glasses with me tonight. I knew you'd like them. We were out at the Dufranes last year and, and uh, had these glasses on, and he commented on them afterwards. You couldn't miss them. <laughs> Verse 1 Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. But by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Listen to this out of the the message. If our message is obscure to anyone, it's not because we're holding back in any way. No, it's because these other people are looking or going the wrong way and refuse to give it serious attention. All they have eyes for is the fashionable God of darkness. They think he can give them what they want and that they won't have to bother believing a truth they can't see. They think that he can give them what they want and they won't have to believe something they can't see. Family of God, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived by the culture of this world that mocks the fact that we believe what we do not see. We do not believe in the unknown, we believe in the unseen. There's a difference. Hebrews the eleventh chapter says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The evidence of things not seen. It's not the evidence of things unknown. What trips some people up is that faith is looking beyond what they they think that it's looking beyond what they know, and so therefore, how can I walk into something unknown? You're not walking into anything unknown. Faith knows. Faith knows before it walks. It doesn't see before it walks, but it knows. Because faith begins when the will of God is known. When you know the will of God, you can step into the unseen. Because it's not unknown, it's just unseen as yet. Hebrews 11 verse 2 says, by faith we understand that the worlds were formed, right? By the word of God that he made things that we see out of things that were not visible. The unseen realm is real. It's not unknown. We'll, We'll see here in a minute. In this same chapter, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are unseen. We're supposed to look at the unseen things. You can only do that spirit to spirit. This is not mental. And it's not fake. It is faith. It is faith. Amen? Let's go on. Verse 6. <clears throat> for it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Again, for it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shined in our hearts. Again, Hebrews eleven two says that he made the things that we see out of things which are not visible. The God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. We know how he did it. He spoke. Amen. To communicate, when Jesus said, he that connects or communicates with God must do it in spirit and in truth. Spirit communication is simply this, heart and mouth in sync. Heart and mouth in sync, not mind and mouth, not feelings and mouth, (laughs) heart and mouth in sync. That's how God did it. He made it out of things which are invisible. He made it out of what was in his heart, amen, and commanded light to shine out of darkness, amen. So the speaking part of faith which probably everyone in this room is familiar with. Amen. The speaking part. We know our words are important. But why are they important? Just because we're faith people? Why do faith people say that words are important? Well, Brother Hagen taught it. <laughs> There's a picture in pastor's office. I have the same picture on my desk. It's Brother Hagin holding up three fingers with one hand and one finger with the other hand. And he often taught Mark's gospel, the 11th chapter. The Lord Jesus himself told him this. Did you ever notice in Mark chapter 11 that the word say relative to the believer is there three times and the word believe there is only mentioned once. And so the Lord told Brother Hagin, you'll have to do three times as much Preaching and teaching on the saying part to get people to see it. Three times as much preaching and teaching on the saying part. And so he spent much of his ministry on words. It's the thing that caught my attention. It's the thing that unlocked the New Testament to me was Brother Hagen's teaching on words. I mean, revolutionized, changed my life. Amen. So words are so important. But they're not three times as much important as believing. The Lord told them you'll have to do three times as much preaching and teaching on it for people to see it. That doesn't mean you do three times as much saying as believing. Saying is a part. Believing is a part. They're equal parts hearts. Many people have swung the pendulum so far over here that all they do is say things thinking they'll get it done just by saying. And there's no engagement in the heart with the mouth. And without the heart, it is not spirit communication. It's simple mental. Are you with me? So now we're swinging back over to get us to recognize our heart once again. To get people out of just the mental agreement that this is supposed to be right. Amen. So he said, the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness has now shined in our hearts. And then it says this, and now we have this treasure in earthen vessels. What treasure? What treasure do we have? The ability to believe and speak. The ability to command light to shine out of darkness. The ability to change things, to change things in the realm of the seen by believing and speaking. This is not new. Right. Amen. But we can do it better. We can do it better. So now we have this treasure in earthen vessels. This same ability, right? To command light to shine out of darkness. But here's where I want to here's in, here's the nugget we're getting to. Are you ready? This is exciting. I believe it's exciting. Verse 13. And since we have, since we have, notice it didn't say try to get. You should have. You ought to get. You ought to really try. You ought to do all the stuff. No, it said since we have. Since we have, we possess. What do we possess? This treasure in earthen vessels because we're new, we're new creation. We're new spirits in him. We now have what he has. We having the same, same, same spirit. Of faith. Everybody say, I have the same spirit of faith. I have it. I have the same spirit of faith. I have the same spirit of faith that created the world. I have him. I have him. Now for years for years. It's like finding the microscope that sees something that's always been there, but I'm just now seeing it. Maybe you've maybe you saw this 10 years ago. Fine. Yay. Good for you. I might be a little slow. But I'm excited. I'm excited. I have for years heard it taught this way. The spirit of faith is an attitude of faith. It's an attitude of faith. Like Joshua and Caleb, we're going to take this mountain. Ten spies, you know, came back with the doubt and unbelief and Joshua and Caleb had a spirit of faith, an attitude of faith. Well, yeah, an attitude of faith is good. But you don't have just an attitude. You have the same Spirit of faith, spirit of faith. Now, I like to look up words uh, because God is is uh, is so but much about words. He's exact with his words, and and so when we find some things, we can sometimes even just by the definition of original text, you can find some some goodies that maybe didn't translate. Exactly, you know, as easily into English. So, this word spirit doesn't mean attitude. Who knew? The word spirit means that spirit. It actually means spirit. I have spirit of faith. Jesus said, I have many things to say to you, but you can't bear them. Now, however, when the spirit of truth, he called him the spirit of truth. That's not an attitude of truth. When you get an attitude of truth, you're going to know some stuff. No, when the spirit of truth communicates with you, you'll know what he knows. 1 Corinthians the second chapter says, who can know the mind of God except the spirit of God that's within him? And we have the same spirit. So we can know the things of God that are freely given to us of God. So that we can know the things he knows. So the spirit of truth has come to guide us into all truth. What do you suppose the spirit of faith is for? Spirit. Spirit. Numa is the Greek word. Many of you, of course, you're very well taught here. Pneuma is the word for spirit in the Greek. But let me give you a, 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 one of the definitions. Oh, I like this. This is from um, Thayer's Greek-English lexicon. So I have proof. I didn't make this up. Pneuma, a breath or breeze, an angel or demon, the third person of the triune God, the Holy Spirit, Co-equal, co-eternal with the Father and Son. Sometimes referred to in a way which emphasizes his personality and character such as Holy Spirit. Sometimes referred to in a way which emphasizes his work and power, the Spirit of Truth. Never referred to as a depersonalized force. Never referred to As a depersonalized force. So it's not an attitude of faith, it's Him. We have the same spirit of faith. The reason we believe and speak is not because we were taught you should watch your words. It's because as recreated human spirits now, created in the image of God as new creatures, we're created in His likeness, and He does it this way. He does it this way. Everything about Him is believing and speaking, believing and speaking, and you are joined to Him. You have the same spirit of faith. You have, you have, you are born again, spirit filled. You have the spirit of faith. Therefore, believe and speak. We're not just believing and speaking to imitate him. We're believing and speaking because we are joined with him. This will help you. If you'll chew on this for a little bit, this will help you take the pressure off of you. Am I doing enough believing and speaking? Am I doing, am I, am I doing it right? Am I do, if you're joined to him and you believe him, The spirit of faith on the inside of you is always guiding you into all truth. Amen? He will guide you. He will help you to believe and speak in line with his word. It won't just be your human effort to try to do something he said to do. It'll be because that's who we are. We believe and therefore speak. We also believe and therefore speak. Why would I do anything different if that's the way he does it? Amen. I remember many oftentimes with Brother Hagen would, would talk, uh, well, he was preaching and teaching and he would sometimes, you know, do the, uh, go off on side journeys, of course, and, and he'd always talked about side journeys and. And uh, he said, sometimes they help us as much as others, you know. And, and he'd get off on a side journey, and then sometimes he'd say, well, i, I got to get my tongue hooked back up to my spirit. Sometimes he just, he went off, you know. So he said, i gotta get, I got to get my tongue hooked up to my spirit. And sometimes he, he would just then begin to pray in other tongues for a few moments, just speak with other tongues for a few moments, right? He would, ta- he would call that getting his tongue hooked up to his spirit. you can then speak at will from your spirit. Believing and speaking isn't something hard. You can do it at will from your spirit. You know, when you first got filled with the Holy Spirit and you first began to speak with other tongues, I don't know what your experience was like. But I, I was I was pretty young when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, and I remember it dawning on me: that's not me. You know, I'm not making this up. That's a, that's supernatural. That's that's utterance from God. That I can't. I'm not making this up. This is a God thing. I'm having an encounter with God. But you know what? I don't feel that way every time I speak in tongues. I'm used to it. It's still exactly as supernatural as it's ever been. It's no less supernatural. I'm still not making it up. But I've learned to yield and to recognize where it's coming from so that I can cooperate with him and pray any time I want to with other tongues. And now I'm not talking out of my head. I'm talking out of my spirit. Anytime I want. So when I believe and speak, I can do it anytime I want. I know where that comes from. I know I'm not just making something up. Like, well, will that work? Well, did I say it right? Did I do it enough? Did I say it enough times? No, now you're in your head. What will help you is, just get your tongue hooked up here. <laughs> and then go, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Whoa, came from there. <laughs> we have the same spirit of faith. Should we have an attitude of faith? Absolutely. But that's not all you got. You got him. I said, you've got him. We've got him. Hallelujah. He's what makes all this work. It's not all our effort that makes things work. We're just cooperating. Cooperating with the greater one who is in us. Oh, glory to God. Doesn't that make you relax just a little bit? I have the same spirit of faith, same spirit. I have Him. The God who commands light to shine out of darkness has shined in my heart and given me this treasure in earthen vessels. So now I believe and speak. Glory to God. So what will build your confidence in your believing and speaking? The Bible says, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking. Speaking to yourselves. Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Amen. Speaking to one another. Glory to God. Speaking from your spirit. Learn to identify where it's coming from. Hallelujah. In these next weeks, when pastor is ministering to you again on the, on the message of faith, hallelujah, know that you have the same spirit. Not just applying principles, but applying principles because... You have him. Hallelujah. I believe you'll see yourself begin to accelerate. Your confidence will build in him. Hallelujah. You won't keep second guessing yourself. But you'll trust the greater one who's on the inside of you. Glory to God. Who's prompting you. Glory to God. while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are unseen. Hallelujah. Everybody say I have the same spirit of faith. How many of you believe it tonight? glory to god glory to god why don't we just lift up our voices yeah with you, if you have a prayer language go ahead and lift it up in other tongues right now just connect your mouth with your spirit right now I love passi sombra mala danger alle dico sous the brand and lingering drum rattle over be dey i the so prodo da cast dey ali sombro do do mo costa ali go sombra bala geny di hallelujah 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 glory 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 so much so much so much so much to say, so much to say he has so much to say to you, hallelujah and he will continue speaking to your heart, praise Lord by that still small voice on the inside and the more you recognize him speaking to you glory to God the more you recognize and yield to the things that he instructs you to do or encourages you to do the more you will hear and do hallelujah amen, amen Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Part two. Three things to do tonight. Part two. When we were uh, years ago, uh, we based out of Birmingham, Alabama for for 20 years. We now live in Orlando. And um, when we were in in Birmingham, Alabama, our pastor, uh, whenever we were in town, uh, sometimes on Wednesday nights, we were very rarely ever there on a Sunday because uh, we were busy somewhere else. But oftentimes on a Wednesday night, my sister at that time was, a, was a, the pastor's secretary. And so she kind of would know what pastor was going to minister that night. And we'd come into town and, and he'd go completely different direction. And she'd just nudge me and she'd go, you're doing this. <laughs> and i say, yep, probably so. And by that she meant you're drawing on this gift. You're getting something that he hadn't planned on saying. Uh, other people actually commented on it. Uh, there were some people who were uh, working in another part of the building one time, and and uh, they were just listening to the message on the speakers out in the in the other part of the building, and, and they said, oh, the Durants must be in town. And they said, what do you mean? And they said, Pastor's different tonight. The Durants must be in town. We were pulling on some things. And uh, his mother would say to us, we just love it when you're in town because he preaches different when you're here. Because we knew how to expect and to draw. Not because it was us, but because we came. And that Wednesday night might be the only time we're there in six weeks. We're going to get something every every time we came. Amen. And you have the opportunity here. Kevin began to say some things this morning, but I saw some things too while Kevin was ministering. Praise the Lord about the hand of the Lord as you were talking about the hand of the Lord coming on on you and on this congregation. You know, the hungrier you come, the hungrier you come, when you take heed what you hear and how you hear, amazing things will come across this pulpit. And amazing things need to come across this pulpit. Because they're coming from a trustworthy source. And like I said, you know, revelation didn't stop with Brother Hagen dying 20 years ago. There's more revelation to be spoken, but it has to have ears to take it. It has to have ears to hear it. You know, Jesus spoke to the masses in parables, but it wasn't until he was with his 12 disciples or the ones that were close to him that he got the best teaching out. Because he would just talk in generalities to those people. But then, then the disciples would go, now, now, what did you mean by that? And then he would really expound those things. And that's the greatest teaching we have is when he got with the small group of people that asked him questions because they were hungry. He said, unto you it's been given to know. To those who are without, they won't know, but those who are within God wants to give you the keys of the kingdom. God wants to give you these things. Amen? And I believe there are some things that need to come out. There's some more stuff that needs to come out. A lot has come out, praise God. But there is more to come out of you that we need in the body. We don't just need it in Florida. We don't just need it in the pastor's meetings in Africa. We need it in the body. We need it in our camp, if you will. We need your voice. But in order for his voice to be heard, someone's got to hear it first. Amen? Pull. The hand of the Lord will be on you even to hear at a different level. If you'll pull, if you'll pull, what is meant to come out of them will come out of them. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. That was part two. We need it. We need it. Hallelujah. The body of Christ needs it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Part three. Those of you who raised your hand at the beginning of this service that you came to be ministered to for healing, let me see your hand again. Stand up, please. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <clears throat> Thank you, brother. Sure appreciate you and your ministries. Glory to God. What a help. What a help. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask you to stand, unless you can't stand, if, if, you know, if that's part of what's, what your issue is. If you can't stand for very long, I understand if you sit down. But would you remain standing, those of you who are? Because I want to talk specifically to you for a moment. We're about to minister God's healing power to you. There are many ways that God gets his healing power to us. There's lots of ways. There's not just one way. Brother Hagin used to say it all the time. One way, not the only way that God heals us through the laying on of hands. It's just one way. But we're not praying for healing tonight. That's another way. We're not just uh, ministering as far as, you know, coming to into agreement with you. We're going to minister God's healing power to you with an anointing that we received from Jesus. Glory to God. It doesn't mean one method is better than another method. This is just the way he uses me. And so this is the way we do it. Praise the Lord. There's lots of ways. Amen. One of the, one of the primary ways For the church is in James, the fifth chapter. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over them, anointing them with oil. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. Glory to God. We believe in that. Amen. I believe in the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith is a prayer of receiving. It's a prayer of receiving. Glory to God. But we're not doing that tonight. We're going to minister by the laying on of hands with a tangible anointing to you. But I want to give you a quick testimony, if I may. And I know we're going maybe a little longer than you're used to on a Sunday night, but pastor doesn't care. Praise the Lord. And uh, But we were here at the other building in 1994. And we were here in a meeting with Bruce and Cindy Black in January of 1994. And the four of us did a meeting here together, and, and Brother Hagan was about to have his first ever Holy Ghost meeting down in Miami, right after this meeting here. And so the four of us, we've been best friends for years, and the four of us were going to drive down to Miami together and go to that meeting. And I remember we were, after these meetings, we were in the car, and Cindy and I were in one car, and, and Bruce and Kevin were in the other car, and and I was telling Cindy on the way down to Miami, I said, I, I have got to hear from God. I have got to hear from God. Kevin and I had been in our own ministry for two years at that time, just, just in the beginning stages of our ministry. But Brother Hagin had said something to me the year before we left his ministry in 1991. He came into my office. And he spoke to me about women in ministry and particularly about the healing anointing. And he talked to me about that God was looking through the body of Christ for a woman that he could demonstrate his healing power through. And he said, There's always been one at the forefront since the turn of the century. And he he talked about Marie Woodward Etter, he talked about Amy Simple McPherson, he talked about Catherine Coleman. He said, The next one just might be you. was in 1991. 1992, we went into our own ministry. So in 1994, we were here. So we'd already been in our own ministry two years. And Brother Hagan had said that to me three years prior. And we hadn't really seen a lot in those first two years. We saw some. We saw some good things right here. I remember a woman healed of Parkinson's disease. I just never forget it. Praise God. And... um some wonderful things have happened. And, and yet, at the same time, I'm thinking, when he came into my office, was he just talking? Or was that really something God was saying to me? Was he just saying God wants to raise somebody up? Might be you. Who knows? <laughs> but I said to Cindy on the way there, I said, I need to hear from God, but I need Brother Hagen to say something because I, he knows what we've already talked about. And he wouldn't lead me on He wouldn't say something just to lead me on. He, 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 he wouldn't I know him. God doesn't do that either. So on our way down there, I said, I just, I just, I didn't even tell her what, what God said or what brother Hagen said to me. I just said, I need to hear from God, but I need brother Hagen to give me a word. And I know not to ask for a word. (laughs) I also know that, but I said, I need to hear something to get us on, on the right course. So we were in those meetings, the first week of, of Brother Hagan's first Holy Ghost meetings. And I'm, I'm just saying, I need, I need something, I need something. Well, Brother Hagan called up a pastor and began to minister to him about some things. And I said, I'm sorry, Lord, I asked for a word. I'm so sorry. I said, I'll just take that one. That's a good word. It's a good go-get-em word. I said, I don't need to hear anything else. I, I'm sorry, I, I asked for something specific. I, I know better. And right about that time, Brother Hagan said, what was that, Lord? Say that again. He said, Annie, come up here. <laughs> and through that word, and then another one that at the, on the last week of those meetings, we went back the last week, and he had another word for us. But a combination of it said this, I've been talking to you for three years. <laughs> the Lord said, I've been talking to you for three years. I've called you and given you a special anointing to minister to the sick. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he said, I've been searching through the body of Christ for a woman. Because I want to demonstrate that I not only use men, but I use women. Praise the Lord. Well, that's evident now. Amen. But 30 years ago wasn't so much. But it was right after this meeting that we got confirmation about that ministry. Just a few months later, we went to another one of his Holy Ghost meetings, and I had an experience. Kevin and I were praying with three other ministers. We decided to get together and just pray in a hotel room together before the service. And while we were praying, we were just praying like they were in Acts, the third and fourth chapter. Lord, stretch forth your hand to heal. Behold their threatenings. Grant unto your servants boldness to preach your word. We were just praying along those lines. Lord, raise up those in the body of Christ. Send help, you know. You know, stretch for, and we're just praying for the body, not for ourselves. But I had a profound experience where all of a sudden, while we were praying, I I started to leave and go up. And I see myself and the rest of us praying, and I'm going up, and I'm thinking, I shouldn't be separate from my body right now. I never experienced anything like that. So I'll be honest. I don't know what you would do. Again, I was in my 20s, maybe 30. Yeah, I was 30. So I wasn't as me as I am now. I wasn't as confident. And so, uh, you know, I, I kind of went, I, I don't know if I like this, and I kind of came back to myself, and when I did, the power of God hit me. And it hit me like never before. And I was familiar with the healing anointing. Because I'd laid hands on people for years helping Brother Hagen, and that same tangible anointing that was in his hands would go into my hands, and I felt it like fire. And I felt the heat. But this time it was different. It didn't just feel like heat. it felt like electricity. And more like if you've ever kind of gotten hold of electricity, some of you know what I'm talking about, it's more like "It's got you than you've got it." Couldn't let go. It was intense. And I was holding my hands out thinking, and I said to Kevin, I said, tell me that you feel this. And he didn't feel what I was feeling. One of the other ministers we were praying with, I reached out to him and I said, tell me, please tell me you can feel this. And he said, I'm sorry, I don't feel what you're feeling. But the Lord said this to me. He said, Brother Hagen received that special anointing by coming up to the throne of God. And he said, I was inviting you to come up. Up until this time, you've ministered with an anointing you received by association with that ministry, but now this one's yours. And he said, I endeavored for you to come up to receive it, but you wouldn't come. He's so sweet. He said, so you felt it in your, in your flesh. That's why it was so intense. He said, but this anointing is yours. Minister to the sick with this anointing. And that's what we're going to do tonight. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. These signs will follow those that believe. In my name, they'll lay hands on the sick and they will be well. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching.